This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I do not. And the reason why... So many people said they could have been saved if they had time to escape. Had a siren gone off, they would have known that there was a crisis emerging. And as we know, so many bodies were found in the ground as the flames caught their heels. Do you want to give me the answer? The sirens, as I mentioned earlier, is used primarily for tsunamis. And that's the reason why many of them are found, almost all of them are found, on the coastline. The public is trained to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sounded. Had we sounded the siren that night, we're afraid that people would have gone Malka. And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire. By the way, I should also note that there are no sirens Malka or on the mountainside where the fire was spreading down. So even if we sounded the siren, it would not have saved those people on the, on the mountainside, Malka. According to the state's own government website, those sirens can be used for a variety of natural and human-caused events, including wildfires. Welcome to the War Room. It's 18 August, year of our Lord, 2023. Natalie Winters here, filling in for the one and only Stephen K. Bannon, but don't go anywhere. I know I always say we have a packed show, but I really mean it. Today, what you guys just saw uh, was the former, emphasis on former, that individual, that official actually resigned not too long after that press conference citing health reasons, though he didn't really get into any details. Uh, fun fact about that emergency management director, he had no experience in emergency management and no formal education in disaster preparedness or response, yet he held that position. And like he said in the clip, he decided not to turn on those sirens. Obviously, we pray and we think about the people who are lost in those devastating fires. We we really do. We're going to have Nolan Chang joining us shortly from Hawaii. But again, I think that clip is a, a perfect example of why we should not trust the experts Although one expert we can trust is Dave Walsh, an energy expert at that. Now, Dave, I know you have a lot of slides and you're going to give us a lot of cold, hard facts and evidence like you always do, sort of linking the issue of the power grid, uh, the energy system, specifically what uh, Maui was using and how it impacts and could potentially affect other states. And before we get your thoughts on all this, I want to just read an article or the title, the headline to the audience from the Wall Street Journal. Pretty startling article. It's titled Hawaiian Electric knew of wildfire threat, but waited years to act. And the real kicker is four years ago, the mm -hmm. utility said it needed to do more to prevent its power lines from emitting sparks. It made little progress focusing on a shift to clean energy instead what say you, Dave Walsh? 
Yeah, we should talk about that in depth. Um, there is a chart on the two charts only the Hawaii cost profile for electricity compared to the rest of the country. Hawaii has the already, unfortunately, before this calamity, the highest electricity cost in the country at about 44 cents a kilowatt hour to begin with. Now they're going to begin taking moves as they've begun last Saturday to bankrupt Maui Electric and blaming them for this. So that's going to drive costs up much further. Their lack of debt capacity, lack of ability to borrow, to rebuild and, and reconstruct. But very importantly, this notion of the amount of money now being deferred into or shifted into huge, huge investment in renewables, which are very, very costly, solar and wind, uh, four and a half times of solar more costly than conventional power generation plant building. Wind offshore can be nine and a half to 10 times more costly than conventional power generation on land combined cycle gas-fired power. So the diversion of resources nationally and in Hawaii, as that news piece points out, away from grid hardening and over to renewable generation, grid hardening can be some very simple things. It involves putting power lines underground, putting power lines on poles that are concrete, not wood, and, and taking safety measures with vegetation, removing vegetation, removing undergrowth to assure no damage to lines by fallen trees, but of course also from avoidance of fire by removing vegetation where you have to. All these things fall under the rubric of, of grid hardening, which again, the utilities nationally and specifically Maui Electric found themselves devoid of the ample resources to, if, if you will, harden the grid, make it more fireproof, make it more resilient, and make it more durable in events like these to keep running, to, to feed power to the pump stations, to run water, to, to put fires out, among other simple things. So this is, a, this is a huge issue. It's a huge issue nationally as we are ramping up spending on renewables by really double the normative spending on power generation in the country has been about $50 billion a year. With this renewable binge forecast the next day to nine years, that's going to grow to $100 billion a year of capex on new power generation spending because of the high cost of all, all of the renewables being added that will cost other funding that normally would be spent on the grid in hardening the grid, grid making it more safe as well as more, more modern. The money won't be there to do both. So this is an issue impacted Hawaii, is an issue impacting the nation at large, as all utilities are on this massive uh, renewable spending bitch. So we, we so, know the Biden yeah. regime, it seems like next week they may declare a national climate emergency. I know you were discussing this with me, I think, earlier this week. Even the United Nations seems to be sort of coordinating with, with Joe Biden and his administration, I mean, regime, uh, to do all that. I'm sure, you know, fuel and meat rationing will, will be incoming because they have the power, the authority, if they declare that to, to then institute ridiculous policies like that. But, you know, you see John Podesta up there giving a press conference, real real winner in uh, John Podesta, but saying that the Maui fires are a perfect example um, of climate change and how we need the crazy policies, the green energy policies that Joe Biden backs in order to combat them. Can you just debunk that for us real quick and, and walk yeah. us through Again, given the science, it's so wrong. What do you think is the real motivations behind the Biden regime when it comes to energy policy? Oh, it's, it's, about, it's about using this argument to restructure the economy and, and move the focus of power from traditional coal, oil, and gas and utilities over to the new economy that these guys want to create. 
it's not about the environment whatsoever, and it's not about warming. I mean, the facts are we've had before this year nine years of flatness in temperature globally and in the United States, across all the states and, and the world. Secondly, okay, if we had one, one event that occurred, it was the largest explosion on Earth in the last 145 years called the Hunga Tonga volcano that occurred in January of 22, was the largest in, uh, volcano ever in the, in, in the last 140 years, emitted more um, uh, water vapor into the air than 10% additional water vapor into the stratosphere, meaning something like 55,000 Olympic-sized pools worth of water vapor now orbiting the Earth in the stratosphere that weren't there before, that will have a direct effect of warming over the next five to 10 years, possibly a degree or two, because water vapor, all scientists agree, it is the dominant cause of warming after the sun. Water vapor is number two. That's a commonly accepted yeah. thing. Of course, you never hear that attack because you can't go after abating water <laughs> vapor. But the uh, we've got 568 times more airborne water vapor now ejected because of that volcano then CO2 exists in the atmosphere. Think about that. 568 times more volumetric concentration of airborne water vapor from the Hunga Tonga volcano that occurred in January of 22 that is going to have an effect for a while of a degree or two of cyclic warming. And just to show how infinitesimal mankind activities are to these kinds of global mega natural events. They're just not comparable. Mankind caused CO2, you know, CO2 doesn't cause temperature rise to begin with, but even even if it did, the amount of, uh, of that created by mankind just pales by comparison to the impact of these kinds of natural events, such as this, this volcanic blast that occurred. And the, the problem with it was it was subsea, and that's why it ejected so much water vapor on, a ba on the basis of steam into the stratosphere. So, you know, and that, that was broadcast by the media at the time to be a, a warming event. But then the media stopped talking about that, and it stopped talking about it this summer. Wow. That's, wow. If, if there's one, a smoking gun, so to speak, the Hunga Tonga volcano is the smoking gun of the cyclic warming because we've had nine years of complete flatness on global temperatures right up through July here. And now we're back into normal August and weather. Dave, I, I, I think we're going to have to get to Nolan just because I think he is live from Hawaii. I wish I could keep you for longer. You always give me so many good data points that I go home and, and look further into. But if people in the meantime want to stay up to date with your analysis, and where can they find you? I'm on Getter and uh, True Social at Dave Walsh Energy. Thank you, Natalie. He, he is a must follow as the future Secretary of Energy. Thank you for joining us, Dave. And Dave always likes to bring numbers to the conversation. I'll give you guys a fun fact. There were our 13,000 residents of Lahaina, 13,000 times the $700 that was promised by Joe Biden equates to about 1.9 million U.S. dollars in total. Meanwhile, to Ukraine, we've sent around at least $113 billion, that is with a B, that shows you where this regime's prioritized Priorities lie. America last in action. And someone who I think is on the ground and seeing this unfold in real time is a good friend of the show. I think probably one of the most devoted War Room fans, just one of the most wonderful people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting is Nolan. I see him up there. Nolan, you are in Hawaii. Um, 
Can you give us an update, sort of boots on the ground perspective, the latest, what's going on? How are you doing, Natalie? Nice to see you today. Thank you. Thank and, you. Nice um, to see you too. Aloha to all the posse out there. Aloha, everybody. I landed in Maui yesterday morning. Uh, the first thing I went, the first thing I did when I landed was I went to a, a church called the King's Cathedral and Chapel. I wanted to see what was going on there, and I was pleasantly surprised. All of the uh, survivors had been um, given lodging. They're in hotels right now. There are over 200 of them. And so when I got there, it was about maybe 9.30 in the morning. They're still, they're still serving food and handing out supplies to whoever needs it. But all of the survivors who uh, went to that particular shelter were sent to hotels and other um, living arrangements. And so that was really nice. Um, after I went to the, uh, the cathedral and chapel, I went to the Red Cross shelter at the War Memorial in uh, Kahului. Again, very organized. You know, they have a lot of experience. It was very organized. Um, there are about maybe 40 to 50 people still in that shelter. They were in the gymnasium. There's food for them. They also had four shuttles for all of the survivors that could take them wherever they wanted to go to get food, supplies, whatever, and come back to the shelter. So I was very pleased to see that as well. Then I went to a um, distribution center right on the outskirts of Lahaina, where the fire took place. And again, very organized. And I heard stories that in the beginning, the first few days of the fire or after the fire, that a lot of supplies weren't getting to the people. And so people, I know of people that were actually um, getting boats, gathering food and supplies from Oahu, taking boats, boatloads of supplies and, and um, toiletries and whatnot, diapers, so forth, anything you can think of, to the people of Lahaina. So I was very interested to see, you know, is it still a problem? But when I went to this particular distribution center, it was very organized. You had a drive-through in a shopping mall. That particular mall was shut down because all the power is still out as of yesterday. And so a person would just drive through, pick up water, go to the next tent, pick up a plate lunch, go to the next tent, pick up um, canned goods, next tent, blankets, next tent, tape, uh, toiletries, next, next tent, they could pick up um, uh, diapers, toiletries, I mean, whatever supplies you can think of. Very well organized. And there are a lot of and people there. Nolan, I'm, I'm going to hold you right there. If you can, if you can stay with us through the break, because I'm sure the War Room Posse would love to get your uh, your analysis of, of what you saw there. And I, I think the question is, you know, are these uh, efforts, these rescue efforts, these resources, are they coming from the federal government? Is it just another example of the locals coming together? We will hold Nolan through the break. We got a bunch more guests. We'll be right back. We are days away from the Durban Accords. The greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international super currency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This 
is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-L-O-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. We still have Nolan live uh, from Maui. He's going to give us some updates on what's going on there. After him, we'll have Kane from Citizen Free Press, Darren Beatty, Dr. Naomi Wolf. So we got a good lineup, so don't go anywhere. And Steve will be back for the 6 p.m. hour. But Nolan, if you could just pick up where you left off, but I do have one question. Are, are the rest, or the, the rescue efforts, not rescue efforts, the resources that you're talking about that are being supplied, do you have any idea if they're coming from the federal government? The state government, is this just an example of, you know, the community, locals, uh, different Hawaiian islands coming together? Do you have any sort of indication where so much of this aid, this outpouring of aid is coming from? Good question. I think it's a combination. At that one distribution center mm-hmm. I was at, I saw away from the uh, drive through I, I described in another area very close by, they had a huge tent with tables of clothes. I guess they're folding up clothes and um, um, segregating clothes, men, women, children, and whatnot. And so I believe the clothes, I would say the clothes are donated from people of Hawaii. I saw a sign, um, there was a pallets of water and it had a Costco sign on it. Okay, so that's one organization that probably donated the water. And so I, I believe it's a combination. You have local people donating things and you have some of these organizations that are also donating items for all of the survivors of the fire. Very well coordinated from what I saw at, from, from what I saw yesterday, very well coordinated. And, uh, you know, let me say this, Natalie, I got to talk to a few people and uh, I'll be honest, I, I had to cry because these are all local people. I love all the people of Hawaii. And uh, it was a very heart-wrenching story. Uh, and, and you can see the look in some of these people's eyes, right? It's, you can see the grief. You can see the pain. You can see the despair. And this one lady, she's elderly. She's probably in her 70s, lived in Lahaina all her life. Her husband worked in the plantations. And her neighbor, who had uh, a walking, I mean, he has had, she has difficulty walking. And so she didn't know of the fire. She had no clue. The neighbor was just struggling to walk to her house, knocked on the door and made her aware that there's a fire. So she looked outside and she t- I asked her how far away was the fire. She said it was about 40 yards away. It was coming quick. And so she grabbed what she wow. could. She wow. left her house and she didn't know what happened to the neighbor. But now she, when I interviewed her yesterday, she knows that he didn't make it because he had a very difficult time walking. And so she just thanked God that she was saved and she thanked God for a neighbor was saving her and, and, and he perished. She lost her cats, um, she lost everything. Now the key question is, and if you have time, I'll, I'll, I'll go right into this issue. I asked her, so Please do you want to sell yeah. your property? I'm sorry, Natalie? Yeah, so I she was said- I go, go, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I asked her, do you want to, this is a, a very important issue here in Hawaii, and I'm sure you're hearing this on the mainland. We all feel that there's a a land grab going on. And so I asked her, do you want to sell your house? And she said, no way. Emphatically, she said, no way. I'll stay here. I'll do whatever it takes to keep my property. And she had a niece or a family member next to her, and and she said the same thing. 
And so for all the people of Hawaii, and you hear other people saying this, hang on to that land, hang on to that land. And I had two reasons for coming to Maui. One, to find out what the current condition was with all the survivors. And also, I have a lot of skill sets, and one of them, among one of them is uh, strategic planning. And so if any of the Hawaii people, Maui people are listening to this uh, broadcast, I reach out to you. Help me help you. I want to afford my skills to all of you to develop a strategic plan because I guarantee you our government is already implementing their plan to take our land away. And so we need to get ahead of that, develop our plan, present it to our mayor. These are all public servants. Our mayor, our governor are our servants. We should develop our plan, tell them what we want short term, short term and long term. And of course, it's to keep our land and to probably rebuild Lanai the way it was. And so uh, I'm not, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. That's just my opinion. But I don't think we want high rises. We don't want a smart city. We don't want large condominiums in that city, that holy and just royal city. No, you don't want to see Maui turned into an experiment for, let's be frank, the World Economic Forum and all of these multinational corporations that, like you said, want to bulldoze the local culture there and just build some nice high rises. Nolan, I wish I could keep you longer, and I'm sure the War Room Posse does too, but I got to let you go. But in the meantime, if people want to stay up to date with everything you're seeing, the locals that you're talking to, where can they find you? So I upgraded my uh, social media uh, activity <laughs> before it was just email, but now I'm on. This Getter. is big news. Chanda, yeah, Buried big the news. lead. <laughs> Chanda twenty one. Chanda twenty one on Getter. C H A N D A twenty one. Thank you for having me, Nolan. Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, God bless. Have a good one. And Denver, if you guys want to play that cold open, let's hit it. COVID is making a comeback this summer, so many of us would like to leave it in the past, but cases are once again on the rise. So when will new booster shots roll out? Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. This summer, most Americans left COVID in the past, gathering together once again mask-free. But tonight, signs of a COVID resurgence. Across the country, COVID hospitalizations jumped more than 14% in the most recent week, but far lower than pandemic levels. NBC News medical contributor Dr. Kavita Patel. What's behind this uptick in COVID that we're seeing? The main driver of this is a variant that's relatively newer to the scene, EG5. It's easier to give and get, so that makes it kind of easier to pass along. It's been almost a year since the last COVID booster came out. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. The new COVID booster is expected to be approved by the FDA, and then we will make recommendations from the CDC probably by the second or third week of September. Will it protect against this new strain? Yes. The booster is tailored to what we are seeing circulating now. Critics say the federal government is behind once again. Mm -hmm. People knew there was going to be a COVID resurgence. Mm -hmm. So why do we have a booster today? Why do we have to wait until next month? The way we go about doing our, just like we do with our flu shots, right? We make sure that we're looking at the ways in which the virus changed. They look at and evaluate that. The FDA is doing its work. We likely will see this as an annual um, COVID uh, shot, just like the flu shot. Just in time for fall, when we'll also face RSV. Can you take the flu shot, the COVID booster, and the RSV vaccine all at once? So for flu and COVID, yes. RSV, again, is only available for older adults. That's one where I'd say, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. 
So until the new COVID booster comes, get prepared. Stock up on at-home tests. They do cover that new strain. Keep a mask handy in case you're in a crowded place. And most of all, get your shots, COVID, flu, and RSV, all by Halloween to give yourself your best chance of staying healthy. A reminder that COVID never went away. Didn't. And thank you. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting a, a little bit of a sense of a deja vu. Here we go again, just in time for the 2024 election. I said it once. I'll say it again. The real conspiracy to overturn election results was not Donald J. Trump and all the people listed in that Georgia indictment. It was the pandemic joining me to discuss that. And I'm sure so much more is Kane from the wonderful my... I would say my favorite, but I might get a lot of angry texts from other people. So I will say probably <laughs> my favorite. Don't quote me on that website, Citizen Free Press. Kane, thank you so much for joining us. Now, I have a specific question for you because obviously your your job, I won't use that term, but what you do is you track the news, right? You always are keeping up to date with the stack. You have all the breaking news, all the important articles that people can go and see in a very synthesized form. And there's sort of been has been this resurgence of COVID into the mainstream news narrative. You saw it there in the clip we just played. We could have played you hours of it from last night's broadcast. But in your opinion, do you see sort of the same tactics, whether it's the boosters and the fear mongering and the mask mandates calls for that sort of starting to emerge again from your analysis of the news? First of all, I'm happy to join the Friday afternoon war room party with you, with you, Natalie. (laughs) And yes, you know, luckily, I just scooted back into the office 30 seconds ago because I was at the dry cleaners picking up my 30 masks. (laughs) You know, after I saw last (laughs) night on NBC, I don't know. I don't know. I should probably be less sarcastic. I think I've heard that my whole life from every (laughs) from everyone who's ever known me. But this is unbelievable. I've been posting headlines. You know, this stuff has been creeping. I've been feeling it and seeing it creeping for the last couple of weeks. L.A. Times did a big spread about a week ago saying, hey, America, get ready to wear your masks again. And if, and for people who read CFP, they know that they're not going to get that. Those kinds of stories are not going to get positive headlines. But, yeah, it's astonishing. You know, they it. As we've broken down, this has been three years. We know this is a divide, right? There's about 50% of the voting population or 50% of the living population that understand this entire thing was a scam, the entire thing. And your your comment, right, as you led into this was perfect because that was what really meddled in the election. That, you know, it was Mark Elias, Raheem and I and you used to talk about this so much on the old National Poll Show, but it was Mark Elias and and going to the state legislators legislatures and getting sort of worry free absentee ballots. Um, that's essentially how they how they were able to cheat Trump out of the election or one of the main ways. So I'll try to, you know, I tend to sort of ramble on these things. So I'll try to bring it back to your original question. Yes, I see it. The media, you know, the media is all about ratings and and it probably won't be long until we see those stupid sort of cope. COVID chirons that list number of deaths and hospitalizations and vaccine percentages. But here's a little truth. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Here's a little truth for the FDA. I post the CDC, uh, their own numbers on, on vaccinations, and they have it on a daily basis, and they've had a running chart. And no one is, is at this point, no one is getting the booster. And, and let's hope that it stays that way. 
Certainly. And let's hope that you can stay through the break. I assume you can. We're coming up against a commercial break. But I want to get into really, I think, what is is a curious timeline, right? We see COVID starting to resurge. Of course, anytime there's more damning information about Hunter Biden, Donald J. Trump seems to get indicted again, again, again. And again, that was four times for people who are counting. But we're going to walk through all of that with Kane from Citizen Free Press. Like I said, we got Darren Beatty and Dr. Naomi Wolf. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Why are so many people buying emergency food right now? As tensions continue to escalate, our fragile food supply chain will break again. One shocking headline spreads panic like wildfire and grocery stores are empty within hours. That means you really need a proper supply of emergency food on hand before, not after, before disaster strikes. You'll breathe easier knowing you can feed your family in any crisis. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com for your one-week emergency food supply. That's MyPatriot.com for your one-week emergency food supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of happy, worry-free customers. It comes in a nifty ammo can that's loaded with delicious food. There's no skimping with these meals, offering over 2,000 calories per day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only on the one-week emergency food supply. This week only, 30 bucks off. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Action, action, action. Use your agency. Take advantage of this special. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. In the break, we had Darren and Kane from Citizen Free Press. I think a new bromance has just happened. I guess they'd never gotten the chance to speak to each other, so they were just complimenting each other's websites, as they should, because Revolver.News and Citizen Free Press are two of the greatest websites around. But we still got Kane before we get to Darren. Darren has a new breaking story about Twitter. Um, but Kane, like I said, sort of similar to my first question, which has to do with Really, what is your, you know, sixth sense, your ability to really track and trace the media, analyze these patterns? I call it pattern recognition. I remember Steve once said I was like the guy from Rain Man. I had never seen the movie, so I didn't really know what the reference meant. I just said thank you. Um, but I think you are, are Rain Man-esque, too, and your ability to sort of identify and isolate these patterns in the media and ultimately what they're, they're building towards with the narrative and with a broader agenda. Um, but when it comes to the timing, right, you know, whether it's damning information coming out about Hunter Biden and then the indictments or they need to cover up the special counsel and then there's another indictment. In your opinion, can you sort of give us the evidence, sort of footnote that statement? In other words, from your tracking the media, do you think that that it really is valid to say that these indictments come on the heels of really, really, really damning information coming out about the Bidens? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I couldn't do any better of a job than you did. There was a headline. Uh, regular readers of, of Citizen Free Press know occasionally this headline will pop up and it'll say, fantastic scoop from Natalie Winters or excellent catch Natalie Winters. I've learned sort of the, 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 the manipulative ways to get people to click. And Natalie Winters, just putting your name in something <laughs> is one of them. But it, readers will still find it if they scroll 100, <laughs> 150 down the stack Natalie laid it out perfectly. She allowed it sort of going. And I can't do any better than that. You know, that was going back to, to I think, February. And and it, it's it's uncanny. It's it's generally the same day or the next day. 
when Hunter Biden news rises to the top, then here's going to come some, you know, some Trump issues. So so there's no doubt that the media is playing games. You know, it's here. I want to I'm going to do about a 60 second tangent on journalism in the media here. So a lot of people, you know, the left tries the left (laughs) tries to claim that that um, that the change in journalism, this taking sides, that this is all a result of Trump. Uh, You know, um, that Trump is so existentially bad that they have no choice. That is the biggest lie I've heard in my life. I've been watching and paying attention to media for 35 years, and they've been waiting for this since Walter Cronkite. They've been waiting for an excuse when they could completely drop all of their, you know, all of the sort of mystery, all of the ways that they use to try to hide from the American people that they really are a regime media, that they back one party. And and sort of that, you know, that curtain has been pulled up and we now see the truth. So let's get back a little bit to, you know, to the timing of this and, and how they're trying to sort of cover up anytime there's negative news on the Bidens, they sort of hit us with Trump. Well, well, let's be prepared, right? You and I both saw all four of these indictments coming because they telegraphed them. So let's be prepared. A fifth one may be coming. In the last two or three days, there have been rumblings out of Arizona that Arizona Attorney General looks to be perhaps building the sort of the same alternate electors type of suit that is happening in Georgia. And there was and Katie Hobbs even got caught saying specifically that she would like to see the amazing patriot. Dr. Kelly Ward faced criminal faced criminal charges. And the next day, Katie Hobbs had to walk that back completely and say that the attorney general's office is completely independent and that she has no control or no influence. But let's face it, it's out there and we know it. They're going after it. You know, I heard actually Steve say it this morning. He said, wait for it. It's coming in Arizona and it's coming in Wisconsin. So I think the War Room Posse and CFP Nation has to be prepared for potentially more indictments of the greatest president of any of our lifetime. So it's, you know, I think that that, along with that tweet that you put out, I think that's all the evidence you need to sort of know that this is coordinated, that regime media works with Democrats. And I also believe most likely Jack Smith is probably communicating with Fannie Willis and Jack Smith is probably communicating with the attorney general of Arizona. Kane, I got to have you on the show more, especially on a Friday afternoons. You get fire, fired up. I wish I could keep you, but we have two more guests that we've got to get to. So unfortunately, I have to let you go. But where can people find you? And more importantly, how do they get to the website, the stack? Is it Citizen yeah. Free Press or is it Citizens Free Press? <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. That's three years. No one has dared to, to mention Citizen versus Citizen. I go where other journalists don't dare to go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I love that Steve calls it Citizens Free Press. So, And you know what? The Google search results are the same, whether it's Citizen or Citizens. You can find us on Twitter. Spencer Neal does a fantastic job of running our awesome Twitter account. And I just want to say I had a blast. I enjoyed this 15 minutes. I'm off to get a big fat steak. So have a fantastic show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, eat that steak while you still can before the Biden regime tries to to pry it out of your hands in the name of climate change. Kane, thank you so much for joining us and have a good one. Beautiful. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
I think we have Darren Beatty, who has a wonderful new story out that I'm sure will make its way to the top of the stack at Citizen Free Press. Darren, I won't even steal any of your shine. Why don't you just get right to it, to it and tell us about this new story you got on Revolver? Well, it's great to be back with you, Natalie. And yes, we have latest and disturbing developments with, um, I guess, the... Uh, the government psyop cesspool, formerly known as Twitter. You have to do the Prince thing now. Um, and I've seen this in media <laughs> reports. They, they've settled on the social media platform, formerly known as Twitter. Now we all have to call it X. Um, but, you know, rose by any other name, and it looks like we're facing some real problems when it comes to censorship. As many of your viewers know, I've been um, a critically optimistic about Elon, and I've taken a lot of flack for it. Our good friend, Mr. Steve, Mr. Bannon, has especially given me a hard time for holding the pom-poms up for Elon when he deserves it. But he's done a very interesting thing, and there's always been a question of, how will this settle? How will this equilibrate? Is he really committed? Does he really have what it takes to persist with the fight for free speech on arguably the most important social media platform on the internet? And the latest development is not very encouraging. And one of the people that he's put in to basically recruit for the censorship arm of X is an individual called Aaron Rodericks. And Aaron Rodericks, uh, one of a good good friend of Revolver, and I think it's fair to say a good friend of War Room at this point, Mike Benz, who is really a national expert on all matters pertaining to censorship regime and the government's involvement and the various technologies and tools used by the regime to censor, um, has exposed an individual. We did a very in-depth write-up about it. His name is Aaron Rodericks, and he's really bad news. He's in charge of the recruitment for all of the key censorship positions that they're hiring for at X. Um, he is a public defender of really the indefensible, including the DHS's CISA organization that has recently been fully exposed, disgraced, and discredited for playing an active role in the violation of Americans' First Amendment rights. They were pushing around people in the social media companies, demanding that they censor things, demanding that they censor true things. And this is an interesting tie-in because I think the last time I came uh, came on here with you, we talked about the Georgia indictment, and a very, uh, and we talked about the the indictment before that, and the indictment before that, which was the Jack Smith one, the January sixth one. They, they said Trump was knowingly lying by saying the election was stolen, and to make that argument, they said. Trump was informed that the election was fine by authoritative sources. And one of those authoritative sources was CISA. So they're basically saying CISA is so authoritative that to not listen to them basically means you're lying because everyone knows that they would never deviate from the truth. But this was right after CISA was exposed in the Twitter files and elsewhere. And I think you've done great work on it too. 
um, for being one of the worst offenders when it comes to the censorship game, for putting pressure on social media companies to censor all sorts of things, including the Hunter laptop issue. In fact, Chris Krebs, one of the founders of CISA, basically doubled and tripled down on the false narrative that the Biden laptop was a Russian operation. And then when that was no longer defensible, he basically said, I don't care if it's a Russian <laughs> operation. I think it's we need to censor it nonetheless. And this is the authoritative institution that is so immaculate in its perception of things that to deviate from what they tell you is tantamount to lying. And that's the legal theory behind the Trump indictment. Now we see CISA pop its head in yet again because this current head of recruitment for Twitter censorship roles is a public defender of CISA, a public defender of a real notorious and censorious um, kind of dominatrix type figure called Kate Starbird. They all have this weird look and vibe to them. Like this, you know, uh, in the hallways, they don't want anyone too, talking too loud in the hallways. Kate Starbird is someone that he defends. Uh, he dared, now this is, this is getting into blasphemous territory, especially here. He dared to refer to the great <laughs> artist behind Richmond, north of Richmond. He called him the ginger bearded guy whining about welfare queens and high taxes. Do we want this guy to be in charge of Twitter censorship? And he dared to refer to the noble Ben Shapiro as a Daily Wire freak. <laughs> Believe it or not. I mean, <laughs> there might be some truth to that, but not for the reasons that he thinks. Yeah, so, yeah. You, you have somebody like that and, you know, we can go down the line, but the long, short, long and short of it is new boss, same as the old boss. It's great that Elon's in charge. It's great the steps that he's taken. But if you're going to put a bunch of, you know, censorious robots who have a public history, a recent public history of undermining the professed speech goals that at least in part motivated Elon to take over Twitter in the first place, we have a real problem. So again, it's not nothing to despair over, but we have to remain vigilant. And my posture with respect to Elon has always been celebrate him when he does something good and criticize, castigate, and if necessary, humiliate him when he doesn't do something good. And I think in this case, we're seeing the goofy side of him take over. You need to hold the reins. You need to have control of your own company. Certainly. Otherwise, you're just a schmuck like Jack. And he's called Jack out as being a schmuck. Do you want to be another Jack or do you want to be a hero? So Elon needs to make this decision quick. And Darren, we got to let you go because we're coming up against a break. But if people want to follow you and more importantly, well, maybe equally important, read this story. Where can they go? Revolver.news right at the top. Revolver.news. We have very big things coming, coming in all day, every day. Revolver.news. I'm at Twitter at Darren J. Beattie, or should I say X? And I'm a Gitter at Revolver News. 
He is a must follow. We'll be right back after this break with Dr. Naomi Wolf. We'll be right back. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to The War Room. Got a little bit of breaking news, as you guys well know, as Steve's been saying on the show for a long time, uh, President Trump will not be participating in the Fox Keebler Elf debate, I have to say, of all of Steve's comments and phrases that has to be my favorite one but instead he'll be doing uh, i think a long interview with none other than tucker carlson uh make sure to follow that story you guys can go go check it out it's going viral um but in the meantime speaking of other things going viral or at least i think our elites want covid19 to go viral again dr wolf before we get into what bill gates is trying to do with your kids in the classroom how's that for for a tease uh just real quick your thoughts on the mainstream media Media, uh, the sort of COVID class of people starting to push the pandemic narrative again. So sad, so predictable. And all I can hope is that most people will not fall for it and we'll see through it. Basically, what we've got is a product in search of a story that will bring it a market, a thoroughly debunked product. So, Natalie, let's look at the timing. Um, I reported here about a week ago that both Pfizer and Moderna are looking at, Pfizer looked at an 89% drop in their manufacturing demand for their COVID-19, their last round of shots and boosters. And Moderna was down, I think, 54%. So they're tanking in value. Well, and they were looking at no more demand because people have gotten the message that these injections don't work to stop COVID as we broke that story from the Pfizer documents, um, that they don't stop transmission, which are also in the Pfizer documents and which has been confessed to the European Parliament. And lastly, that they have horrific side effects. And people are seeing these side effects in their loved ones, if not only in, in if not it also in themselves. So what is a big company um, that exists to deceive people to buy a useless product going to do? Whip up another scare campaign whip up non-existent threats or, or very difficult to quantify threats. This is their modus operandi. And lastly, 
um, roll out this new improved product that this new improved variant, Eris, demands. So let me just point out some wacky things about this timeline that should make everyone very, very skeptical. First, as an aside, as a student of language, I couldn't help noticing that Eris is the Greek goddess of discord and conflict. And, you know, as a student of patterns, you mentioned pattern recognition earlier, um, scientists don't usually name uh, variants of infectious diseases after classical antiquity figures. I don't know what to make of it. It just seems like very um, storytelling-ish and not so scientific. But moving along, what's creepy about this sudden everywhere um, narrative that there's a new variant in town? Uh, it's not your last variant. You need a whole new thing to deal with the new variant. Um, and if you read these news articles carefully, and they all read like they were generated by AI, but if you read them carefully, there was one we just tore apart in our local Salem, Massachusetts newspaper that basically admitted there, there really isn't a spike and didn't come up with any real numbers. They said something like there are two new cases per 100,000 and they referenced a community that has only 22,000 inhabitants in it. So they're imaginary numbers. And again, you can't check them. It's the same problem I highlighted in The Bodies of Others, Natalie, that you can't see the data sets. You're not allowed to see the data sets. You can't verify this claim that there's an uptick. What is an uptick, right? How do you define an uptick? Um, you know, the uptick is the theme music before what comes later, which is the surge. How do you define a surge? You can't check any of these claims that there's a new variant in town um, that's different from the old variant. You just have to take their word for it. But what is very notable is that in June, an FDA panel, I just want to remind you, and this is via the brilliant and amazing Amy Kelly, in June, an FDA panel unanimously voted to recommend that the next round of vaccination in the U.S. be approved. So these vaccinations aren't approved yet, but the committee that recommends vaccines to the FDA for approval has already recommended them, and they're expected to be approved by the FDA and available just in time by next month. So you've got one month, if you're marketing this new product, to whip up fears that will then drive people to take this new untested, untried um, product into their bodies. And again, as someone who's looked at the, you know, for over a year now at the devastation and bad math and cheating in the Pfizer documents and the harms caused and the the lack of trials um, that proved that these were harmless, let alone effective. We don't have those trials for this new injection. And this is not just Moderna and Pfizer, who are now thoroughly discredited, but also Novavax. Um, so I hope everyone listening is really skeptical, does their due diligence, thinks about the fact that we haven't seen any real double-blind trials, scientific trials, showing that this new formulation, and remember we've done a lot of reporting on the problems with formulations, the fact that Pfizer's formulations are in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party, do you want them formulating what's in the ARIS variant booster? Um, you know, all of the work that Brooke Jackson has done, the whistleblower about contaminants and bad practices at Ventavia, which had been bottling and packaging these injections. We have no reason to believe that all of those problems have been fixed. Um, so I guess I just want to say to everyone, 
I am not a doctor, but, you know, looking at the history of these companies, certainly Pfizer and Moderna, um, this is a very dangerous thing to trust your body or your loved one's bodies to. I wouldn't recommend it. And if I may, Natalie, can I just add another kind of PSA for just a moment? Because people are getting nervous. We got about a minute, but yes, go ahead. Okay, super fast. I just want people to remember that infection depends on your immune system. And if you've got a strong immune system, there can be new variants circulating and you protect yourself among other ways by protecting your immunities. And I just, I, I did this on my social media and it went very, very viral and Dr. McCullough chimed in. Dr. McCullough taught me when I la- went, the only time I had COVID, um, to use this, which is a neti pot, or you can use a Q-tip. This is betadine rinse, um, 0.5%. It's iodine rinse. It's been used by hospitals to fight virus, viral infections forever. And, and do- this- Dr. Wolf, unfortunately, we're coming up against the end of the show, so I got to get your social media coordinates, but I'll have you back on to talk about that. Thank you. Daily Where can people clap. find you real quick? <laughs> Daily it's a must go. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, it used to be ask not what you can do for your country, but what the country or ask not what you can do for for whatever it is. Now it's ask. uh, I totally flubbed that. Anyways, I get so overwhelmed talking about big pharma and the greed they've taken over in this country. Have a good weekend. See you. We'll be back. Okay. Imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up. End quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit is due. Thanks, Field of Greens. End quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. And the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. 
Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.